Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. We're Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons, and so delighted to have you with us today in the house of faith. Sarah and I began uh, a new series of broadcasts last week that we are so excited to be sharing with you, and we're going to get right back into the Word of God today. Let's pray together, and then we'll find out what the Lord has to say to us. Father, we worship you today. We give you all the glory and praise for every good thing you're doing in our lives, in the lives of everybody watching and listening to this broadcast right now all over the world. We ask you, Father, for eyes that see and ears that hear, hearts that are open and ready to understand more about who we are in Jesus, who Jesus is in us. We thank you for the good work you've begun in us. We know you are faithful to finish it. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. We worship you and give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Sarah, I want to go right back to the book of Galatians chapter 6 where we began last week in this study. Uh, Verse 10, Galatians 6 verse 10, it says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. On last week's broadcast, we began a series called Raising a Family in the House of Faith. Raising a Family in the House of Faith. Of faith. Now, I know there are many people watching this, people from all walks of life, all stations of life. Maybe you are like us. You've got a young family or maybe a little older and your kids are uh, already out of the house. Or maybe you're single, don't have kids yet. But listen to me, wherever you are in life, you are a member of the house of faith. If Jesus is the Lord of your life and our God is your heavenly father, then you are a member in this family and you've got a part to play in this family. But one of the things that we want to do and continue to do that we started on last week's broadcast was talk specifically about some of the how-tos, the practical things of raising a family in this house of faith. Um, I know from my own personal experience, my own life story is that this is the house I really feel like I grew up in. It was faith, man. It was faith in the morning, faith at noontime, faith when the sun went down. And some of my earliest memories are being in and around the word and church and services. And this was such a huge emphasis in our home that when I read about doing good to those who are of the household of faith, I really feel like it's a personal reference to my family. Uh, and, and a lot of people watching, you may, may know or be familiar with my family, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, been preaching faith, preaching Jesus all over the world for 50 years. My parents, pastors of Eagle Mountain International Church, George and Terry Pearson's uh, been pastoring there for well over 20 years. And, uh, you know, we have just grown up in and around the house of faith. But I felt like, Sarah, it would be important for us, you and I, to talk some about our own childhood and then talk about what's going on in our house right now. Because I know there are a lot of people watching who would love to know some practical things about raising a family in the house of faith. And and again, if you missed last week's broadcast, you need to get caught up because Sarah mentioned something that was so powerful. And it's the number one faith house rule, I would say. And that is we love because we've been loved. Faith only works when you know how much you're loved. Faith has got to come out of a revelation of how deeply you are loved by God. And that's what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13. I could have faith that would move mountains, but if I don't, if I don't have love, he said, I am nothing. So that's the number one faith house rule. We love because we've been loved. 
You talked too briefly on that broadcast, and I want to just touch on this before we go on to anything else. Just practically speaking, how to how to really communicate to your kids that they are loved. It's one thing to say it. And we do. We say it all the time. We say it first thing in the morning. We say it when they get out for school. We say it when we pick them up from school. We say it. It seems like we're saying it all the time. But love is not something that's communicated just merely through words. It's got to be backed up. And you talked about some practical things, practical ways to demonstrate love. And one of the things you hit on is even just putting away the phone, putting away distractions. Mm -hmm. And the thing that hit me when you said that is this phrase, undivided attention. Mm -hmm. That communicates love, mm -hmm. undivided attention. I mean, does it really communicate love, my love to you and for you, if we're having this conversation and I'm constantly <laughs> somewhere else? Not at all. Well, the same thing's true with our kids. If they're trying to get our attention and there's always something else vying for it and we're always putting something else first, then we're not instilling in them a revelation, number one, of how much they're loved by us. And if they don't have a revelation of how much they're loved by us, a revelation of how much they're loved by God is even harder to come by. So that's why I think that's so important, um, what you talked about on last week's broadcast. We love because we've been loved. Um, I've got a number of other things we could touch on here. Is there something else, another direction, another thing, another practically speaking, uh, faith house rules, how to raise a family in the house of faith? I'll um, shut up. Go. Well, I have a scripture here that I, I stands out to me about why family is so important. Um, this is in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Mm -hmm. And I believe that in the last days, the, the family, the family that God gives us, our personal families, our, our church family, or just this idea of family will be one of the greatest demonstrations of our relationship with God. And people will be drawn to God because of our families. Mm -hmm. And they'll see God and they'll see the light of God and the love of God and the life of God between us. And they'll want more of Him. It's a great witnessing tool, <laughs> your family and, and how you live. Um, Talk about that because I know that was a huge thing in your house uh, growing up. Um, you guys would hear all the time from people. Your parents would get asked by people all the time in the church, out of the church. How do you do this with your family? Because your mom and dad at this point have now raised three kids who are all married, have families of their own now, but all serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. And people ask your parents, I've heard them ask them, and I know it happened a lot even before I showed up in your life. People are asking your family, how do you, how'd you do this? How'd you do this with your family? How do you raise kids that love God? Well, they, they ask my parents to this day, how did you raise kids that love God, that are all in the ministry and that love each other so much? And there's a big one. <laughs> But really what we talked about a lot last broadcast was the truth. They cultivated family and it took a little bit of work sometimes. It took a little effort. And there were, of course, times that were it, the attack of the enemy came or things would happen. But 
we just never quit. And we spent time together. We played together. We laughed together. We were always in church together. We served God together. I mean, we all played music together. We sang together. I mean, from our earliest memories, we're you know, singing, I don't know, just singing silly, silly songs, songs on the guitar yeah. and dancing around the room together. I mean, we have so many memories together. And really, it's about, I think, building a history of good memories together. And we can look back and just laugh about things that, you know, and then amazing things that God did, even sharing and witnessing the goodness of God together. Mm -hmm. So um, what was the original question? Well, (laughs) you hit on something that I think it would be good for us to talk about today, just practically speaking, raising a family in the house of faith. One of the things that I know was part of the success story of the Hart family. One of the same things, part of the success story of the Pearson's family was always being around the anointing. And for you guys, I know from your own, and you just said it, but from your own testimony, just always in and around church. Mm -hmm. That was a priority for this family. Uh, That was the same thing for us growing up. And church for us, uh, of course, we were in church uh, Sundays and Wednesdays. I remember children's church and youth group. Church for us was, there was another layer of it too, because there were conventions to go to and week-long events where we just went and heard the word. And uh, some of my earliest memories are those conventions. Even before my memories, my baby dedication was at one of these conventions. It was just such a something that was so ingrained into the fabric of our family was that we were in and around the anointing all the time. And one of the reasons I believe this is important and, and one of the reasons I think it stands out so much to me right now is because of the way the Lord has been dealing with you and I over the last several months, just simply concerning the, the anointing. It's, it's a concept I was familiar with growing up. We talked about it a lot. Um, it wasn't unfamiliar to me, but just in the last few months, there's been this hunger that has awoken on the inside of me. Find out more about the anointing. What is it? Where does it come from? How do you get it? Can you get more of it? What does it do? And in the book of Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27, it says that the the burden will be removed and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. And how critically important, Sarah, is it that our kids come into a one-on-one personal encounter with Jesus Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing. They have to have their own relationship with God. Yeah. And they can't just live and thrive off of our relationship with God. They have to know him for themselves. Yeah. And even at night when I say goodnight to my kids, um, I'll pray with them and love on them and kiss them and sing to them and do everything I can to show them my love. But at the end of the day, they have to have their time with God. And I think even recently, and I've been telling them as they go to sleep, uh, Justice, before you go to sleep, I want you to talk to the Lord a little bit. Why don't you just lay here? Jessie likes to pray in tongues. She's five. But I say, baby, just lay here and pray in tongues for a few minutes before you go to sleep. Or now she's asking to hear the word at night before she goes to sleep. She wants us to turn on the word for her every night. She wants to go to sleep listening to the word. That's something. That's something special. That's God. And And I pray that over them, that the Lord would draw them 
by his love and draw him, draw them to himself. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can do that work in them. And that's a really special thing for you as a parent, not to try to make them act a certain way or make, yeah, you have rules. Yeah, you have consequences. Yes, you train them and you teach them in the word of God. But ultimately, you have to trust the Holy Spirit to pull on their heart and to tug on their heart. And that the word that you are giving them every single day is enough for the Holy Spirit to work with. Right. And I was thinking about this scripture as we were talking this is in Deuteronomy chapter 11, and it says, um, verse 13, And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will give you rain for your land in its season, or early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain your new wine and your oil, and I will send grass in your fields for your livestock that you may eat and be filled. I just think this is really, this is an important point, to raise your kids to honor God and the things of God, mm-hmm. to honor well, to the, honor the anointing, to honor the anointing, yeah. to value the word of God, to treat it as a treasure and precious that that our lives revolve around Jesus and what he's done for us. They'll, and, and let me throw this in. How, what, practically speaking, how do you, okay, honor the anointing. That requires more than you just telling them that. How do you put that in them? They get it from you. They get it. They will see it in you. If and, we honor it, whatever is valuable to us, whatever is important to us. And this is what I'm learning about justice right now. Yeah. He's asking me lots of questions. Daddy, do you like this? Daddy, do you like that? Justice, he's so funny. He's so into cars right now and like really into it. Not just like that's a cool car, but he can like actually tell you about them. Daddy, that's a such and such. And it was made in such and such year. And the guy that invented that, and it's come to the point he knows, seems to know far more about it than I do. But sometimes he'll ask me, hey, do you like that kind of car? And I'll just tell him, oh, you know, it's not my favorite. I like this one. What's your favorite? I'll tell him. Oh, I like I like the Aston Martin. He knows more about cars than I know about sure. cars. It's well, amazing. I, you know, I, he'll say, "What's your favorite one?" I said, "Well, I like the Aston Martin. That's kind of been my dream car as a, since a kid." Well, guess what? That's his dream car now. And that's a silly example, but what I'm trying to show you is whatever you as a parent value, yeah, they will value. Yeah. Now apply that spiritually into things that matter way more than cars. If he sees that we value the anointing, the anointing that we receive from the ministers God's put in our life, the anointing that is upon our own time in the word of God, the anointing that comes as we worship, all of these things, when they see that we value it, they value it. That's why it's so important to keep them around it. I think about Justice and Jesse both right now, you know, when we have these family nights right here in this room, and this room is packed out with partners and friends of ours from the area. And right now we're just doing it once a month. But even this morning, you notice at breakfast, yeah. Justice was like, when's the next one? Yeah. When's the next one? He said this morning, he said, mommy and daddy, I think it's a really good thing that we started family night up again. <laughs> it's a really good thing. And sometimes he talks about it in here. He's like, mommy, there's so many people in here that 
we know what we need to do. We need to set chairs up on the whole balcony at the top so we can bring more people in. And I'm like, do you work at PMI? Right. Like, do you work here? But it's kind of the running joke that we're all going to work for justice someday. It's possible. But, um, but that being said, he values everything that we value. And when we put God first, and, you know, sometimes I will have to go on a trip or I'll, the Lord will deal with me to go along or we'll have to be gone and they'll get to spend time with their nini and papa or whatever. We tell them and we pray over it. We say, Lord, the time that we sow into your people, into your kingdom, we're asking you to multiply that time back to us as a family. Mm -hmm. We're asking you to do this. And what we're teaching them is that we put God first and his things first. And we honor God in our life. We honor the call on our lives. We honor and value his things and his people. And we'll go when he says go. We'll we'll work when he says work. We'll play when he says play. We'll, we'll, We'll listen to his voice and do what he called us to do. Can I finish reading yeah, the scripture? Sorry. This is um no. Can I interrupt this you? is um let's see here. Verse 18. This is Deuteronomy 11:18. Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. This is just the word of God. It's important to you. You shall teach them to your children. Speaking of them when you sit in your house. That's just talking about the things of God together. That's having good conversations about God. You can't do without that and it be common to them. When you walk by the way, that's when you go on walks together. Wherever you're going, you're talking about the word of God. You're talking about the things of God. When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down. And at night, I don't take those moments right before we go to sleep for granted I take time, we take time and talk to them about God. Anytime the Holy Spirit quickens something on your heart for your family, stop and minister it to your children. I know this just reminds me of a story. Um, We were out walking one day, my little boy and me, and we were on a walk down the road, down the street. And this is walking, by the way, just going out on a walk together. And he started to talk to me about some things. And as he did, I just... I, scriptures came up in my heart about it. And I just began to share those scriptures with him. Well, he'll never forget those walks with mommy when I shared the word of God with him. He'll remember that forever. I'll never forget my dad sitting with me for at night and talking to me about the presence of God, about the love of God. I'll never forget the nights that I'd come home from school dealing with problems with friends or just girl, petty girl stuff. And my mom would lay with me and talk with me and minister the word of God to me. You'll never, those are the holy things and those are special. But it says, you shall teach your children, teach them to your children, speaking to them when you sit down, when you walk, when you lie down and when you rise up. What is that? That's all through your day. You're talking about God's word. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. We should have scriptures up in our houses. We should have scriptures in our kids' rooms that they should be able to look at and be constantly reminded of the things of God. Um, And then it says this in verse 21, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of heaven above the earth. For if you carefully keep all these commandments, which I command you to do, to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to hold fast to him, these things will begin to happen for you. Days of heaven 
on the earth. And I think that's what we all want, right? We want a life and a family. Uh, We want a a house of faith and a house of peace. And the way to do that is by putting the word first, by keeping it in our mouths and honoring God with with the word, with his thing, honoring the things of God all day long. Yeah. So really what we're talking about here is a couple of different things talking about some of these faith house rules and raising a family in the house of faith. Number one, we've said you've got to instill and cultivate an atmosphere of love. We love because we've been loved. Number two, we talk, we're talking about keeping our young ones around the anointing, making sure that they know how valuable the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God really is because they are going to encounter some things just like you and I both did growing up, just like every young person ever has. They are going to encounter some things in life that without the anointing, they will remain burdens. They will remain yokes. But if we teach our young people how to value the anointing, then we'll see the burdens removed and the yokes destroyed. But, but tied right into that, and you, you cannot leave this out, when you're talking about the faith house rules, raising a family in the house of faith, we put the word first. The word has got to come first place in our lives. It's got to come first place in our family. I know we'll probably talk more about that on the next broadcast, but just practically speaking, one of the ways I know that we've done this in our home is building it into the routine. There's not a morning that goes by when we're taking these children to school, that we don't have the word of God coming out of our mouth. When the four of us are riding together, every morning, Sarah reads to them Psalm 91. And I like what she does. She reads it out of a different translation every time. It just keeps it fresh. It keeps it from just being just tradition or habit. Uh, Whenever I'm driving them to, to school by myself, I do a little fill in the blank game with them. He who, and they say dwells. And I say in the, and they say secret place. And I say of the, they say most high. And we go through the entire Psalm just doing this little fill in the blank game. Well, it may sound silly to you, but every single day, our kids go to school with Psalm 91 on their lips. And now more than ever, how critically important is it that our kids have a revelation from the word of God that this covenant of protection is real. That we are protected from incident, accident, disaster, tragedy, because we know God and he knows us. We don't suffer loss. We're protected from every sickness, disease, germ, and virus. And now we've got justice, our little preacher, walking up to teachers at his school saying, you know why I don't get the flu? Because every single day we say Psalm 91, and I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And teachers just going, oh. (laughs) Some teachers have now hung it up, hung Psalm 91 up in their classroom. Because this little then second grader, now third grader, he trust God? preached the word yeah. to him. There's a lot more we want to say about this. There's so much, so much from the word when it comes to raising a family in the house of faith. We want to share more with you, but don't go anywhere right now. Sarah and I'll be back in just a moment. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. 
You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith. Thank you.